Well, if you have your Bible, I'd like you to take it and turn to Ephesians chapter 4. I know this is a familiar passage, hopefully by now. If not, I hope it will become familiar to you. Here in this passage, we have not the only description of a church and the church ministry. In fact, there are many places throughout the New Testament to which we could turn to learn about how a church is supposed to function. And yet, I think we see in these few verses a tremendous description of what the focus and ministry of a church ought to look like. Ephesians chapter 4, and I want to read beginning in verse 11. The Bible says, And He gave some apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men, cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love. May grow up into Him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working and the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. This passage of Scripture has so much in it, but I want us to just notice four things tonight. The first one is this, our job. What's our job? The Bible tells us very clearly that the job of the pastor, teacher, evangelist, the job of the church leadership in that sense is to work to perfect the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So it's my job to give you the tools and to think through how we can organize this, administer it, if you will, so that the work of the ministry can be accomplished. That's my job. And what's your job? Well, your job is to participate in that process, to listen, to learn, to grow, to engage. You can probably teach me some things in the process as well. But for us to work together so that the ministry gets accomplished. I'm sure you've heard it said lots of times um, that in a church, sadly, in many places, about 20% of the people do 80% of the work, or sometimes it's 10% doing 90%. I'm thankful that that's not the case here. But I believe if it's going to remain not the case here, then we must continue to be focused on what God has given to us to do as our job. Understand your position in the body of Christ. Understand the responsibility that God has placed upon you in your place to serve the body of Christ. I remember several years ago when I was on staff at a different church, the church treasurer came to me and he said, why did pastor spend $100 on this item for vacation Bible school? I said, I don't know, you can ask him. He, he felt like this was a, a needed thing to purchase for vacation Bible school. So I asked him, I said, was it within the budget? And he said, yeah, but I would have spent it differently. I said, well, 
I might have spent it differently too. But I said, that's honestly not really for us to worry about. He's not stealing money. He's not spending it on whatever he wants. He's spending it on this ministry that's being accomplished. I said, my job is to come and support pastor and help him to accomplish what God has given him the vision to do. I said, it's your job to make sure the finances are accounted for and to report those things back to the pastor. And I said, I believe if all of us will do the job that God's given us to do together, the work of the ministry gets accomplished and the body of Christ is edified. And he goes, oh yeah, that, that kind of makes sense. I said, you know, it's kind of frustrating, isn't it, when somebody comes over and tells you what to do as the treasurer and you're like, don't tell, I know what I'm supposed to do. If you want to tell, why don't you do it? I said, we got to stay in the proper relationship to one another and the proper relationship to God. We need to know what our job is. Second thing I want you to notice, though, is our goal. What's our goal? Is it your goal to just do your job? No. No. Well, I did my job and went home, and I'm fine. No, the ministry is so much greater than that. Because if, if the ministry becomes about just showing up and doing my job, then I've missed the whole point of the ministry. Well, I, I put the chairs where they told me to do. I taught the class. Well, I, I sang in the choir. I, I did what I was supposed to do, so I've done my part. No, what's the goal? Look at verse 12. He says, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. The goal is that the body of Christ would be edified. Yes, it's edified in accomplishing what we're supposed to do, but it's edified through the right attitude, through the right spirit, and through the right focus on the Lord. Our job is to do the work of the ministry. Our goal is that the body of Christ would be edified. When I look around, yes, it's important you know, I came in this afternoon and I said, well, I can tell we had a full day this morning. The envelopes and the, and the things were all over the place and coffee cups were here, there, and stuff was askew. And you can say, well, that's frustrating. Why do these people leave such a mess? And you say, well, praise God, there were people here to make a mess, right? And so you can come in and go, well, I wish people wouldn't mess these up. Or you can say, well, I get to clean it up for the glory of God. You know, you can come in the nursery. Why do all these babies, so many dirty diapers? Or you can say, praise God that we have babies in our church and we have the opportunity to minister to them. Uh, James gave me the count a couple weeks ago and he said, Pastor, we had 40 people here on Sunday that were under the age of 12. I said, well, that's pretty impressive. 40 people. That's, that's like 25% of our church is under the age of 12. That's a good thing. But it's also a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Some of you live in a house and 50% of the people in your house are under the age of 12. Or 75%. You know it's a lot of work. Yes, there's going to be some holes in the wall to patch. And yes, some scrapes on the floor and stains here and there. And messes that have to be taken care of. But that's what we're doing. Not just to do our job. No, that the body of Christ would be edified. God sent us this morning parents who are struggling, moms and dads who need answers, people who are going through issues in their marriage, people that even at various stages of life who have lots more wisdom and experience maybe than a lot of us do, and yet they're still going through times of struggle and difficulty. Every single person needs the Lord. 
And may we keep that as our goal, that the body of Christ to be edified. I want you to see as well our measure. Our measure. This is very clear. He says in verse 13, Till we all come in the unity of the faith. That happens as the body of Christ is edified. And of the knowledge of the Son of God, we have to grow in our understanding of Jesus Christ unto a perfect man. Here it is. Unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's why I can't look at you and say, well, I'm doing pretty well because I'm better than them. And you can't look at me and say, well, we're doing all right. We're at least as as good as, as pastor on this or that. No, our measure is Christ. Our measure is Christ. And that's a measuring stick that's so high. We, we just would love to attain to it. And we work towards it. And we strive to be like Christ because He's our measure. And we understand this from verse 15. He's our head. He's the head of this body. Where the head turns is where the, where the body goes. And if the body tries to go in a different direction than the head is going, that's a problem. I mean, I've seen a few guys out on the football field and their head tried to go one way and their body the other, and it didn't work out very well, right? They, they got a little discombobulated in the process. Painful process. And sadly, if we are not careful, we can as a church be a body going one way while the head goes another way. Our measure is Christ. And then I want to remind you about one final thing tonight, our benefit. Our benefit. What's the benefit to the body if everybody knows their job? If everybody understands that the goal is that the body of Christ be edified? If everybody understands that our measure is Jesus Christ, what's the benefit? Look at verse 14. He says that we henceforth be no more children, that we grow in maturity, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. Well, we live in a world today where all kinds of doctrinal winds are blowing, this and that and the other thing. How can you discern what's right? It says we grow together with Christ as our head. We encourage one another and edify one another as part of the body of Christ. Not be tossed about by every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men. There are people out there that are trying to deceive. Spiritual Magic tricks, if you will. Those are not good things. They deceive and draw people away. I remember not too long ago, I had a man knock on my door. He was a Jehovah's Witness. I thought, well, this is a great opportunity. I, I want to talk to him about the Lord. And as we began to talk, he found out that I was the pastor of a Baptist church. He said, oh, yeah, I grew up in a Baptist church. And I thought, well, then how, how did you become a Jehovah's Witness? A Jehovah's Witness deny the deity of Jesus Christ. A Jehovah's Witness believed that salvation is by works, not by faith. How did you end up there when you started out in a Baptist church? And I realized all kinds of people, it doesn't matter where you grew up, can be drawn away by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive. So our benefit is spiritual maturity, spiritual growth, spiritual protection from those things without that would try to draw us away from Christ. 
But notice also verse 15, but speaking the truth in love, this is how this ministry must be carried out. We have to speak the truth, yes, but we must speak it in love. What happens? May grow up into Him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. You know what I think of when I read this verse? I think of a baby who's just, just starting to grow just a little bit. And have you ever noticed it seems like their head kind of grows first? It's like this head with big old floppy head with like this little bitty body underneath. And it's like, man, my dad always told us growing up that you knew you were ready to go into kindergarten when you could reach over your head and touch your shoulder on the other side. Good, you're ready for kindergarten, Thomas. That's a good thing. A couple others of you check. We, we used to try it growing up, and it's true. A, a, a little boy or girl has to be about five or six years old before they can reach over and touch their shoulder on the other side. You know why? Because their head is so much bigger in proportion to the rest of their body, and their body kind of has to grow into their head. And you know, I think that's a little bit of what is being described for us here in this passage. We have the head. It's Jesus Christ. And may we not be this little immature body, but rather may we be a spiritually mature body that befits the wonderful head that is our head, Jesus Christ. I don't know, but I would hope that if we're not there yet, we're at least close as a church to being able to reach over and touch our shoulder on the other side, spiritually speaking. That we would grow up into the head in all things, which is the head, even Christ. And verse 16 tells us, from whom the whole body. See, this is Christ as the head, and then the whole body working out from Him, fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth. That means every part of the body providing the energy, providing the focus, working and accomplishing the job that it's supposed to do, that every joint supplieth according to the effectual working and the measure of every part, here it is, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. There's a lot of words going on there. But what a beautiful picture when you break it all down and simplify it. This is a beautiful picture of the spiritual growth that ought to be taking place in the body. One of the things I want to celebrate this year as a church is the spiritual growth in the lives of so many people in our church. This year I've just heard so many testimonies from people of how God is working I had one person tell me how much they've grown in their understanding of the Word, and because of their growth in that area, they're now able to take some things that they deal with in their secular employment, and they know how to apply that and use that properly in their life. And I thought, well, I, don't, I don't even know if I... It's not because I preached on that issue specifically or something. It's just through being part of this body and being encouraged in the body of Christ. I, I've just rejoiced this summer to be able to hear these different men get up and preach. Luis did a tremendous job this past Wednesday night of just challenging us from the Word of God. That's an encouraging thing. I, I posted a picture of that, like of one of the other guys preaching on my Facebook page like three or four months ago from the time in January when we had some guys preach on Sunday morning. And uh, I started getting messages from pastors around the country. I said, how are you doing? you got to share with us the secret. And I'm thinking, well, I don't know. It's not very secret. It's just 
spending time with people and encouraging them to grow in the Lord and giving them opportunities to serve. And it's tremendous to see God growing our body in that way. You know, I think that we're just scratching the surface here of what God can do. I think that the best days are still ahead of us. And I think that's true for every Christian when we think about it in light of eternity. We're going to spend eternity with the Lord someday. And yes, we know in the next few weeks, the Lord's going to move some people away from us. At the same time, God's going to move some people here to be part of us. I'm praising the Lord as we continue to pray for souls to be saved and people to grow in their walk with the Lord. I'm praising the Lord this morning for at least one who said, I'm not saved and I'm, I'm still working through it and had an opportunity to talk to them after the service and they're still not saved to my knowledge, but God's working on their heart. At the end he said, I just, I still can't quite wrap my mind around all those things. And I said, well, I'm going to keep praying for you and I'm going to keep sharing the truth with you. We don't save people. God saves people. But we have the tremendous privilege to share the truth. God's building His church, and He's doing a really good job. But I want us to be faithful stewards. Can I just encourage you to keep your eyes on the Lord? Encourage you to continue to walk with Him. Spend time in His Word. Spend time in prayer. My wife and I were talking about this at lunch with Ruth. We were talking about how God gives us this tremendous opportunity through prayer to be able to have influence far beyond what we could physically influence ourselves. Because as we take needs, our own needs and the needs of others to the Lord in prayer, we have the opportunity to see God do work in their life and influence them in places we could never touch, in conversations you and I might never be able to have. And God does the work and we get to have a part in it through prayer. May we not neglect the tremendous ministry opportunities that we have. May we keep our eyes focused on Him. May we continue to look out for others around us and say, oh, they're missing. Oh, that person must be hurting. Oh, they're going through this. This past week, I had the wonderful opportunity to spend a couple hours on the phone working it out so a couple of our widow ladies could get rides to church on Sunday. You know, that's a special privilege. But you know, that would not be possible without a body of, uh, like our church who has people that are willing to help who are willing to serve, who are willing to pick somebody up. And I texted one of the men and I said, would you be able to help with this? Oh, we'd be glad to do it. I'll call them. And one of the ladies said, can you make sure he calls me about 8.45 in the morning because I need to make sure I'm up and ready for him to pick me up. And I thought, sure, it's pretty great. Come to Rise Baptist Church. We even do wake-up calls. I mean, this is a good deal. It's, you know, next step, we're going to have to open a hotel. You never know. God's good. And God's doing a good job with His church. And I just want to share with you that I'm thankful to get to serve with you as part of this church. And, and um, we're looking ahead to what God has. I think the opportunities are tremendous. And let's pray for wisdom. Let's pray that we'd walk faithfully with Him. Because the truth is, this works because God works. And it works when the whole body works together in service him. I'm going to close this in prayer, but it's only 6.03. Can I just invite you as I pray, maybe to take a few moments in your seat, to maybe pray about some of these things. If you're sitting close to somebody, you can pray with them. If you're sitting by yourself, you can pray by yourself or you can get in a group. It doesn't matter to me. 
We'll just take some time as we close our service out tonight. And then in about 10 minutes or so, if you are here and planning to be or are thinking about being part of our choir, join me down front over here on the right-hand side, and we will um, begin to work on that together tonight. Let's pray. Lord, I love you, and I love the work that you have done in my life and continue to do. Father, I ask that you would give us wisdom and patience, not to look at this as something we've done or we are doing, but rather something that you are doing and you have done. May we give you the praise and glory, all the praise and glory. Lord, help us, as you've said in your word, moreover, it is required among stewards that a man be found faithful. Help us to be found faithful. Lord, there's a lot of this that we look at and are just amazed by what you've done. Lord, we ask that you would continue to help us to be faithful, to be a lighthouse in this community. And by extension, be able to support and help to plant more lighthouses and to support existing ones around the world. Lord, we thank you for your church. Thank you for your faithfulness to us, even when so many times... If we're honest, we're not faithful to you. We're thankful that even when we were yet in our sins, Christ died for us. Lord, may we live for you. We love you because you first loved us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.